so good to see everybody here this morning, and this Thanksgiving is soon. Hope uh, everything's going to be going well for you. I hope the family get-togethers are good. And, and this has been a good week leading up here so far. I don't know if, if she's here. She may not like me doing this, but um, we, had a, we had a baptism on Thursday, and I'm so excited because it was uh, Lake and Terry uh, decided to be baptized. She was baptized as a child, and and this is just another part of her faith journey. She's been a believer her whole life, but she wanted to do this for herself, and it's just such a great moment to see that happen. And I don't even know if we have a picture, but if you see her at some point today, her, Bobby, congratulate her. And uh, this is just, it's just a good day to be uh, able to follow and to join alongside people who have chosen to trust God with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, there she is right there. You can give her a hand. You know, this is a uh, this is a great group of people here. Uh, a lot of people here are praying people, and I am very thankful for that. Um, we've been talking about prayer for the past several weeks, and I I would like to thank you for participating with us. I know sometimes whenever I say, "Hey, I have something online I'd like you to fill out," you know, it's a little abrupt and sudden. But thank you for doing that, and a lot of you did that. You filled out cards, and uh, we actually had them all on stage the last couple of weeks. Uh, we had them covering the back. We had several on this side, and uh, these represented the prayers of Johnson Street. Um, we got a glimpse into your prayer life. We got a glimpse into how you pray, um, the words that you use when you pray, uh, who you are praying for. We had we had names, just first names, just covering these cards, and and there's even some more in the back, and it was just a beautiful thing to see. I hope that 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 these will be made available to you in some way, shape, or form in the weeks to come so that you too can get a glimpse into there. But but I hope it's encouraging to you to know just how 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 much prayer is is undertaken here through the people, both in present, uh, the people who are present and those people who are watching online. I hear I hear from them too of how much they are praying, uh, not only for me, but also for the the work, the people here at our church family. Let's begin with prayer today, and then we'll have a conversation. Dear Father, we love you. And as the psalmist says, Lord, how good it is to sing praises to you, our God. How pleasant it is to honor you with praise. Lord, our hearts, they are thankful, but they're also heavy. And as Jeff prayed earlier, Lord, our hearts are heavy for our friends and Andrews who are suffering terrible terrible loss today. Sometimes there are no words, but I pray that you would fill them with comfort that can only come from you. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your grace and with the peace that can only come from God himself. Lord, our soul continues to wait for you to come and to rescue us, to make everything right. Lord, come quickly. Today, Lord, we are eagerly anticipate hearing from you as we wrestle with your word and as we seek to draw closer to you. Lord, you have brought us into safety through the beginning of this day. And we ask that you would keep us from temptation as we move throughout the rest of our day. Lord, deliver us from evil. And in all we do, Lord, direct us to fulfill your purpose through Jesus Christ, your son. Well, today we are in our last lesson on our series in prayer, and I wanted to begin by showing you a prayer that I found online, 
And uh, it goes with my conversation today a little bit about when we pray. This one was sudden. And it just came about and it kind of took people off guard. And I just wanted to share that with you. So let's just play this really quick. Okay, well, you might be singing that tune for the rest of the day. I'm sorry about that. I don't know if that's an official prayer found in any prayer books or anything, but it is, cat- it is catchy. You know, co-opting the Holy Spirit for $25,000 in a family feud game, I think they're shooting way too low. If you're going to, you know, call the Holy Spirit, do it something much, much bigger than that. Um, it's kind of a little disarming, isn't it? A little uh, unnerving. For some of us to watch that and you're like oh well, is he making light of that and it kind of gets me a little bit it's funny but then i'm like oh there's something weird about that but for many people in the world when we pray in front of them they probably feel that it is just as surprising and awkward if you want to get that idea of what people respond to, how they will respond to you when you just suddenly pray. Uh, do what Phil does, you know, which when you're in your restaurant today at lunch, ask the server, say, hey, we're about to pray here. Is there anything we can be praying for you about? And see what they, how they respond. I've had some people say, no, I'm good. And I've had some people just in tears move into a story that they were not planning on telling anyone. Prayer is sometimes um, a little bit awkward. But to pray with confidence, to pray with consistence, constantly, I hope that's something we are all striving to do. Now today I wanted to close our series by addressing a, a serious question. And Elizabeth already alluded to this, and that is when... Do we pray? And in some other way, where do we pray? I guess those two could be kind of similar. But we've talked about why. We've talked about who we pray for. We've talked about what the words that we use whenever we pray. And today I wanted to talk about when we pray. Sometimes we feel, I believe, that prayer is more appropriate in some of those sacred moments, you know, holy moments. But I wanted to cast a larger vision for you today. Now, the early Christians were originally more Jewish than they were Gentile. And their practice was to pray at least three times each and every day. Uh, Acts 2, 42, uh, tells us specifically that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
Now, if you want to get in depth on some notes, you can open up your app. I've got a notes section in there and also has some other goodies for you as well. So uh, all these references are in there, too. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, a fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And still, even today, those, those uh, spiritual Jewish uh, people, they will, they will pray in faith three times a day. Now, my upbringing was, was such that I looked skeptically at a lot of the other groups that was not of my own tribe. You know, groups that were not me, I look at their practices and I would be a little bit suspicious especially dismissive of their prayer rituals. You know, after all, I could pray wherever I wanted. I could pray whenever I wanted. I didn't need to be bound to a location or a specific posture or um, something that would, you know, eventually become something that was more obligation than heartfelt. This is my defense whenever I talk about prayer, specifically whenever I knew how often I prayed. In reality, I think it was just another way that I could kind of make myself feel better for not really being devoted to prayer. What does it mean to be devoted? To be devoted really is keeping something front and center of your life. Have a mindfulness about it consistently. For example, your family, your spouse. So I'm, I'm devoted to Shelly. I'm devoted to my family. And so whenever they, they will call or, or whenever I uh, have an opportunity to talk to them, I will drop most everything and talk to them. Uh, I'll at least text them, hey, I'll call you right back. Something, I will, I will make sure that they know I'm paying attention. But devotion is not the same as obligation. Obligation carries with it a sense of I have to instead of something like a, I want to. Or I need to. Obligation is more effort than it is willing participation. So to be devoted to something is to give yourself to that something without hesitation, without thought. It's just something that you do. And the early Christians were devoted to prayer. So a question I've had for myself this past week as I've been wrestling through it is what am I devoted to? What are you devoted to? Years ago, I was in Israel with, um, with a group of about 16, 17 people, and I was talking with our, our, uh, our guide, and he's a Jewish Christian, and he was talking about the importance of prayer and what our prayer life says about us. And I do believe this. I believe that prayer reveals what kind of condition we are in. Now, if we're doing fine and we're good on our own, prayer is uh, sometimes our last impulse. It's the thing that we do last. Well, um, when all else fails, pray, right? If we're doing good on our own, we just kind of push prayer to the end because we're, we're, we're good. And now, if we're looking for an experience something that we can kind of tell a story about uh, or just feeling like, like a feeling, then what happens is our prayers naturally uh, come when we want something, when we're asking for something. If we're looking for a relationship with God, sometimes our prayers are usually uh, more mundane maybe. We're just wanting to communicate something to kind of keep the connection open. 
whether it be good, bad, just a normal part of the day, we're having a conversation. I think prayer reveals what it is we want. It reveals our inner need, desires, and it reveals our state of faith. So as I'm talking with our guide, we're driving through the streets of Jerusalem, and in this particular quarter, it's the Muslim quarter that we're, that we're really close to, uh, they have protests most every day at 10 o'clock. I don't know why it's 10, but th- that's when he says, yeah, it's at 10 o'clock. They usually just start getting all the people, and they start protesting. And, and we started looking at that, at the con- consistency and determination, and, and then he started talking about prayer. And he says, you know, the Muslims, they pray five times a day. They pray um, in w- once in the morning, once in the afternoon, um, I'm sorry, they play uh, sunrise, noon, afternoon, sunset, and nighttime prayer. Five times a day that Muslims pray. And then he says, you know, our our Jewish people, they pray three times a day. They pray in the morning, they pray uh, at noon, and then they pray once in the evening. And it doesn't say this expressly, but it was likely Jesus did this as well. He prayed three times a day because he was a good Jewish citizen. And then he said, you know, Christians... You know, Muslims pray five times a day. Jews pray three times a day. Christians pray whenever we feel like it. No real rhyme or reason to it. And although that's freeing to think about, it makes me wonder, when do we pray? How intentional are we about it? Now, if I were to ask you and bring you up here on stage and say, hey, tell me about your prayer life. (laughs) That'd be a little embarrassing, maybe. For some of you, you'd be all in. But prayer is a little personal. Would you say it's rich and growing richer? Would you say that uh, you really pray at meals and bedtime and church? Would you say it's during times of difficulty? Or would you say your prayer life was occasional at best? I know for some, prayer is very natural. Very natural. And prayer may seem more natural when you're about to eat or when you're at church. But as Trey said, you know, these are good times to pray. They're, they're good and important times to pray. But then again, we also hear a phrase from the Apostle Paul who says to the Thessalonians uh, in, in chapter 5, he says, Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So God's will for us in Christ Jesus is to rejoice, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in everything. That's God's will for us. But the question is, is unending prayer really possible? Something I've said before that I still very much believe is this. Prayer is not the continual coming into and going out of God's presence. Prayer is a relationship. It's not like a starting pistol. Although that, that does happen sometimes, doesn't it? At meetings at church, we're about to start into business. Oh, wait, hang on, we got to pray. You know, and I'll go, Lord help us. Okay, let's go. Sometimes it's kind of reduced to that, isn't it? Whenever it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have to pray. I think prayer is not, you're not entering and exiting God's presence. I think It's a continual relationship. It's an ongoing conversation. It's similar to what is told to us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9. Very familiar passage. In fact, one of our vision statements is based on this. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. He says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This text, it talks to us about incorporating the story of God into our each and everyday life so that it becomes second nature to us. It's an ongoing conversation about God with one another. It's a mindfulness of God that that the Jewish nation, Jewish people have have modeled in many ways. And one of the ways that's still modeled for this is this practice of of affixing a mezuzah to the doorpost of their house. And a mezuzah, if you see one of these, it's not a doorbell. It's just it's a little little uh, container that has this text in it. It's a small reminder the Word of God on your doorpost. You know, it's attached to the door frames of their houses inside those areas that they spend a lot of their time so that they're always reminded of the story of God. And this kind of conversation really does transform you and your family from the inside out. On this stage, there are scriptures written in English and in Hebrew all across the wood underneath this carpet. I think that this is an important practice. But what it does is it reminds us that this is a very old story. The story of God is is a good story, and it's a story of love and sacrifice and determination on His part. I mean, think about it. Going back to the Garden of Eden, it was God who walked with His people. God chose to come visit his people in the cool of the day, as was his custom, as what he loved to do. He just, he just did that. He walked with them consistently. He loved to do it. And I'm sure he walked with them and talked with them and he enjoyed his creation. It was God who initiated this ongoing conversation with humanity. Isn't that beautiful? And today, prayer, it's how we have this ongoing conversation. But it's not a conversation about God. Prayer is a conversation with God. And this kind of conversation, I believe, will transform our lives from the inside out. And isn't transformation the hope, really, that we become better, that we become more like Christ, that that we can become more, more, more wise, more like Jesus? But honestly, how much transformation can we really experience if we're only engaged in prayer two to three minutes a day? An old story that, that was, uh, I just thought I'd tell it. I've told it before. It's still funny because it's true. Someone was asking Arnold Schwarzenegger whenever he was the, uh, the head of, uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan's fitness program. Someone asked him, oh, it was, it was a bigger man, asked him, oh, Mr. Schwarzenegger, how long did it, did it take you to get like that? And he looked at the man who was a little, you know, bigger and he says well I don't know how long did it take you to get like that how much are we engaged 
and transformation. Two to three minutes a day. Does that really have that much of an impact? I think prayer does have an impact. To Jesus, prayer was a given. It was something you were, if you were a believer, you were going to be engaged in quite, quite often for a while. It was something that believers were going to be engaged in regularly. In a Sermon on the Mount, listen to how he encourages us to practice prayer. In, in Matthew 6, 5 through 8, he says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Notice, he didn't say, if you pray, this is what you need to do. He said, when you pray. Prayer is a given. It is expected. Why wouldn't you do this if this is your connection to God? I mean, if you had a hotline and a connection that every time you picked up the phone, reach some of the most important people in this world. Wouldn't you exercise it? I would. Hey, I just saw a newscast. What is going on? Hey, uh, we're having some problems here. Hey, I mean, why wouldn't you exercise that op- opportunity? We've got a, a connection that never ends to the creator of the universe. Why wouldn't we exercise that? The Pharisees were missing the point here. They weren't interested in prayer transforming them. They were interested in how their skill of prayer was going to elevate their social status, their economic status. For them, prayer was a tool. They weren't devoted to it. They were devoted to themselves. And Jesus, he saw right through it. So his suggestion was to practice praying in secret where it's just you and God. Make that the place that you pray practice your prayer you pray a lot you get alone with God and then you allow him to form you I mean the truth is we are already being formed each and every day the world is forming you your phones your tv social media youtube tiktok fox news cnn news netflix espn these things are forming you They're forming your thoughts. They're forming your spirituality. They're forming your sense of humor. They're forming your political ideology. They're forming your attitudes about conspiracy theories. Don't get me started. They're they're forming a lot of things that you don't even realize. And I could go on and on about that. Because I've caught myself. It's forming me too. And all this is nonstop from the moment we open our eyes in the morning to the moment we close them at night. This ongoing onslaught of ideology and, and whether you believe it or not, it is transforming you. So how is your time in prayer offsetting that transformation? It's the hard question for me too. How does your, your time in prayer compare to your time in all of your other pursuits? Are you allowing prayer to transform you? Because lasting transformation really does come through intentionality. It comes through attention and presence, determination, persistence. 
It comes through ongoing and even unending conversation. My love for my wife is different today than it was 25 years ago. You know, through all of the conversations we've had, our time spent in silence, difficult experiences, loss and mourning and, and, and success and failure, long walks over lunch when our kids were sick, whenever our kids were healthy, when we're at our best, when we're at our worst, when all we want to do is just kind of get away from each other for a little while. Our 25 years together has transformed us because we were persistent with one another. We still are. We're attentive to one another. We're determined whenever connection doesn't seem to be right. Prayer is this way, I believe. Knowing, knowing and believing that God is close by you. Knowing that He is right there in front of you, right there behind you, right there beside you, all around you. He is there whether we acknowledge Him or not. Did you know that? He's there whether we acknowledge Him or not. But when you determine for yourself that you're going to engage and you're going to interact with Him, when you, when you do this intentionally, wherever you are, then I think you'll find you won't be saying several small prayers throughout the day, but rather you'll become this living prayer. Wouldn't that be great to become a living prayer? Realizing that we have this unhindered connection with God. And I know this may be a shift in thinking for some of us, but, but think about this. If, if we choose to devote ourselves to prayer, then why would we wait for a sacred moment to offer thanks? Now, we need to offer thanks in sacred moments because there are some sacred moments. Why would we, but, but why would we wait till a holy moment before we pray to acknowledge God? What if we were to consider every moment sacred? What if we were to enter every moment as if it were holy? When we seek to be a living prayer, then everything that we do could be shaped by the prayers that we offer whether in spoken words or in silence. You think about it. I think we could pray before every task or activity. What if, what if we had a prayer before, we, uh, you know, before you taught your class? What if you had a prayer before you walked into work? What if you said a prayer before you watched a movie? Before you got ready for a trip? Even in the mundane, everyday conversation, that conversation can be holy conversation. So why not pray before you have your morning coffee? Why not say a prayer as you're brushing your teeth? You may not want to use your words. You may get stuff everywhere. Why not say a prayer as you're making your bed or doing something else you really don't want to be doing? Why not say a prayer to acknowledge God's presence in, in the morning and, and, and in the afternoon and and in the evening and throughout the rest of the day, acknowledge His presence in the each and every day, the good moments and even the mundane moments. And I think what we'll see is that we're start, we'll start to see that every moment is a holy moment. Every moment holy. Every moment could be sacred. Even having to stop at a stoplight could be a, a sacred moment of prayer. One of the oldest prayers that has been found is something called the Jesus Prayer, and it's very short and simple. This is what it says. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. 
this is a, a, a prayer that they have found, and it's very, very old. We don't know if it dates back to the very beginning of the Christian movement, but it's within the first century or so. And many people have incorporated just this little prayer into their everyday passing moments. Simple. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And what's interesting is how this is incorporated, can be incorporated into our breathing, even. So, so some people have kind of um, adjusted this a little bit, and they've, they've made it into something called a breath prayer. So they'll say something like, uh, like this. Uh, as they're breathing in, they'll say, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or they'll think, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as they exhale, they'll say, have mercy on me, a sinner. And what this does is this reminds you consistently of your place in the universe and God's power in it. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. I believe that prayer could become as natural to us as breathing. Wouldn't that be something? And that type of living prayer, I believe, will transform us into people who are not easily swayed by the world. People who aren't easily shaken by bad news or frightened by the headlines or even frightened by the misdeeds of others, the violence that we see. Even if somebody tries to take advantage of you, you won't be easily shaken if you incorporate prayer as a normal part of your every day. Because I think when we pray with such devotion, we will not be far off from the realization that God is near. Very close. Christ is here. The Holy Spirit is within us. And we're going to respond here in a moment. And go ahead and have the praise team come on stage. We're, we're, we're going to respond here in just a moment. But I, I want you, during this moment of singing, to ask yourself and consider your life. Consider the practices that you are engaged in the time you spend, and the practices of your life. And I want you to remember that every moment could be sacred. Every moment could be holy. So I'm going to encourage you to pray often, continuously if you can. Move into that type of a posture. Pray so that you can become a living prayer. And some of us may need to say, you know what? I'm going to set something on my phone just to remind me, to get me into this mood. Set some reminders on your phone. Pray. Take a moment. There's a rhythm to this that requires a little bit of intentionality. So I'm going to ask you to consider that and what that might look like in your life, as we especially as we move into this week of Thanksgiving a week when we're going to be reminded of those things and blessings God has given us. So I, I will say if you have questions, maybe you need some suggestions on how you can pray. Maybe you don't really know what to do. Email me. Talk to me here in just a moment or one of our elders and their wives as we're around the room. Ask us. We'll, we'll, we'll show you. We'll model some ways to pray for you. We'd love to help you. Don't be embarrassed. This is kingdom work. This is transformational work. And God, His will for you is to rejoice always, to pray continuously, and to be thankful in every situation.
Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and this opportunity to pray together and to sing, Lord. And I pray that you would help us to consider where we spend our time, how we pray. And Lord, I know you love us so desperately that you want us to pray. You want us to have that connection with you. There are so many things you want to show us and teach us. Help us, Lord, to intentionally reach out to you. And I pray that it becomes as natural to us as breathing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.